Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Did you know that one of crypto's best use cases is also a tax-saving strategy? I'm talking about donating crypto to your favorite charity. The Giving Block makes it easy for the crypto community to support important causes with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and dozens of other cryptos. Choose from over 1,200 vetted nonprofit organizations, donate any amount, and then hold on to your tax receipt. When it's tax time, you could save big. Your donation could offset some or most of what you owe on that huge capital gains line. Make smart money moves while making a difference. To learn more, visit thegivingblock.com NFP. That's thegivingblock.com NFP. And let's show the world that crypto is good. Hey, this is NFP, the non-fungible podcast with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. <laughs> Zihovac, welcome to NFP. I'm so glad you could join me today. Happy Saturday. So excited to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we found the AirPods that had fallen on the floor and were camouflaged in with the, the paint spots all over your floor. <laughs> yeah, that was a <laughs> challenge. But here we are. We made it. We made it. You know, it's actually interesting, you know, how often with with Zoom, you know, people come across challenges in terms of just getting set up, getting their sounds set up, you know, but uh, I think we've got it now. So we're good. Yes. Yeah. We're going to shoot to the moon and make this happen. <laughs> right on. So before the show, we were talking dogs because I know anyone who has dogs in their lives, you know, appreciates how important they are. To their lives you know like we had a little miniature poodle and he was a super important family member in our in our lives we had him as our children grew up uh, my kids are now adults and he was still our little my wife would call him our fur baby <laughs> right up until the end you know and uh yeah i i'm i'm at the point now i've said to my wife like i want another dog right um and but you know she needs to feel ready too so you know, but it's such an important part of life, just having that energy, I feel, in your home. The other day, we were babysitting someone's dog, and I was like, oh, it's just so nice having that back in the house again. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I mean, I feel like we truly don't deserve them. You know, they're just such special beings, and I always believe people that have a connection with animals are also the chosen ones who have that extra power to be able to communicate with them you know energetically body language um, it's incredible and I agree with your wife I mean you need to sort of honor that time that you had with right. them instead of you know moving on in a sense and kind of let that you know his energy I mean he's around you know they I believe you know, as souls, whatever body we're in, we just sort of shift for frequency and live in another dimension within multiverses. So um, he's around, she's around, you know, 
that's what I believe. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the the animals like choosing you. And when she first went to get him, she was on this little poodle farm, just someone who just did this on like a yearly basis, breeding poodles. And uh, he walked up to her, laid down, wanted a tummy rub, you know, like this. Yes. <laughs> so that's how she chose him. Yep. Or he Rich chose her, I guess yeah. you could say. How yeah. old was he? He uh, he passed away at the age of 12, which is a little young for a poodle, mini, mini poodle. Usually they live till they're 15, 16 years old kind of idea, but he had heart problems. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I think they say that, like, if you Google it and research it, it says 15. But if you talk to the com your community of pet lovers and your vets, right. 12 is essentially like a perfect age for them to right. transition yeah. yeah yeah i suppose that's that's a fair point i guess I, yeah. I we just didn't feel ready for it you know yeah. what I mean? it was sooner than than we wanted it to be Agreed. you know yeah i was looking at your bio and of course you have this lovely picture of you kind of handing your dog a little miniaturized painting of yours can you tell me about that uh, that image and your dog's interaction with that yeah absolutely i mean um my transition into being a full-time artist was sort of with his assistance the with the timing everything was very divine so I had been an artist for many many years uh but had uh I was a creative director at an apparel company that I started um so I was full-time emerge into that and the fashion world and um also my IP was with the company. So everything I was creating and designing was with the mm -hmm. company that I had, which was a children's company. So I, it had been a few years that I decided sort of, you know, my soul was ready to transition and wanted to become a full-time artist and wanted to really utilize my character work into my physical work. And obviously I couldn't. And it was truly during the time where my dog got, got diagnosed with a you know frontal cortex tumor that kind of put me in this like now or never moment where while I started taking care of him when he was sick for four or five months kind of made me realize um, I know it sounds crazy but he made me realize like what really life is and that I need to sort of not be scared of taking a risk and walking away and so while I started taking care of him I started really feeling this transition and started kind of meditating a lot and came up with the character um, with him next to me you know and meditation came out and every time I drew out the character I would put the paints on the floor and had him pick sort of like whatever paw he would put on and just kind of really went crazy with it and created that character with him and so I believe mm -hmm. it was him and so when I did the first piece which ended up being my Genesis NFT piece I did a mini version and gifted it to him <laughs> during you know all of that and it was crazy because that was the last photo we ever took and then he mm. you know passed on to the next chapter of his life <laughs> it's, it's an adorable picture with him kind of leaning toward the painting kind of investigating it yeah it's very like nice now of course it. you have a second dog in the image as well there and is that dog still with you yes 
That's my okay. Labradoodle. It was his yeah. dog. <laughs> so I got the doodle for him, you know, as a playmate. Um, ah, I see. You know, like as a friend. So he wasn't alone. And yeah, Harley's still around. My baby, you know, spoiling him every day. <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, I, I, I love dogs. They're amazing. And it's funny because when we first got ours, I was like, I don't know if I really want a dog. You know, it's a lot of hassle, you know, and anytime you want to go anywhere, you got to get somebody to take care of them and da 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 da. But now I'm the one that's like, yep, okay, we need to get another dog. <laughs> yeah, there's actually like amazing compilations on like YouTube and TikTok about people, especially dads of the family who do a lot of the chores and, you know, the outside work or like, I don't want the dog. And then once the dog comes in and the kids or the mom brings it in, it's like the dad's best friend. <laughs> and yeah. like, it's, such an incredible vision to see for sure can we backtrack a little bit in time you know when i when i kind of dug into your story a little bit i looked at how you had this vivid memory when you were six years old of your mom saying yeah you can paint all over this wall and like talk about what kind of impact that had on you yeah for sure i mean um my mom, I'll go back to her for a little bit. Uh, you know, she came up with very like British upbringing, mm. uh, went to school in England. Um, family, I mean, as a, uh, she went to school abroad in England, but my grandpa worked for the petroleum uh, oil company, but in Iran. Mm -hmm. But they had that whole very structured British mentality, very like everything on point. So I grew up very strict, you know, like did the ballet, did like really crazy stuff. But my soul was always an artist. And I think I would ask her all the time. I did art classes, like the typical things you do. Sure. Uh, but I... You know, that's like kind of the craziest memory I have that on one of my birthdays, she said, like, you know, even my room, everything had to be in the perfect place. It was like mad men, <laughs> like it was just this like super OCD structure. And for mm -hmm. a creative child, I mean, as great as structure, I think is freedom is equally as important. So when she finally said on my birthday, like she she saw she after a while, she saw who I am she saw my soul she saw my talent and she said go in town like go for it do whatever you want like this is it she got all these paints for me and she said like this is your space you know and do whatever and I think that was sort of like the birth of like that incredible feeling of achievement as an artist that like led me to my whole life mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah for me as a child it was all about drawing comics I love drawing you know, making up superheroes and creating these ridiculous, like when I look back at them, they're like hilariously simplistic stories. But at the time, of course, you know, I thought they were super cool. And my brother and I, we were both into creating and drawing. And so we started like a comic book company, you know, and I remember my mom, what she would do is she would go to her work and she would photocopy these comics for us so that we could then sell prints of our comics to our friends. You know, I don't think it was profitable because I'm sure the photocopying cost more than what we were able to sell the comics for, but That's they were really supportive of that. Yeah. 
So I have good memories of that, just sitting with my brother and drawing. So yeah, yeah, I think still, still for me to this day, the drawing a big part of it is nostalgic. Like it's like it makes me feel like a kid, you know. And you lose track of time, you know. Like when I'm drawing, I don't know what's even going on around me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the most incredible feeling. It's like you tap into the ether, and I always feel like something, some other energy, sort of just takes over you and like you create this incredible thing and most of the time when you're done like I look at it and I feel like I can never redo it again right like I I did that like I have like when did what like it's a very interesting feeling it's almost like some sort of a high some sort of like Mm -hmm. a different different dimension (laughs) I feel like it's funny because I've spoken to people who were in my class when I was a kid and like, oh, do you remember when this happened and this happened and this happened? Like, I have no memory of those things. You know why? I was drawing. <laughs> I, I love that. I don't love remember it. these things that were going on in the class around me because yeah. I, was, I was too busy. I was too busy doodling. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, when you did have this, you know, childhood, you know, revelation that you could be this creator. You know, it wasn't long after that that you kind of went through a traumatic event with this. You know moving into this refugee status what tell me about that whole story yeah so i uh, my family my family background is greek italian polish mm-hmm. armenian um and i did actually a dna test so i think i'm like 16 percent saudi arabia it's like the wildest mix uh mix but um great grandparents had a textile business so they would travel between like Eastern Europe and Iran and all over. And so at some point they resided in Iran and then the Iranian revolution happened. And so Mm. uh, even pre my parents getting married, they were sort of stuck there um, and try to leave for many, many years. And, you know, although I'm fully spiritual and I don't believe in organized anything, uh, obviously my family um, or is or, or orthodox Christian and so it was a really scary time for them Swat, living in this incredible country which is sort of like how Dubai is today very technologically advanced modern a business you know mecca turn into this complete like closed off nation with all these Mm -hmm. people that are sort of stuck there that are losing all of their family wealth and lives and so uh, when that happens you know obviously during that time that's when I was born there and ended up being there for many years and lived a very like enclosed life so like didn't really mix with society didn't really do things outside of our own community because the two religions don't mix and it's even actually a very scary place to be so you don't ever like walk around being free you're always walking around sort of hidden and you don't really you know talk about who you are what you are and so finally after many years many attempts you know my parents lost they had you know my dad had a printing shop uh, actually a company Mm. not a shop he printed for all the major like uh, products, you know, uh, packaging products and such. So it wasn't until losing all of that, uh, that, you know, it's sort of like a system, right? They know that it's like a game they play, but 
um, it wasn't until losing all that that they finally, you know, were able to leave on a religious asylum. And that's okay. what I experienced, you know, going from, you know, being like 11 years old and only seeing one place to transitioning into a European country in a camp around kids from all over the world. But um, it was traumatic yet beautiful all at the same time. Mm. So then, you know, you were in Europe, you were in Spain. Um, how did you come to be living in America then? How did that happen? Um, it's like part of the, like basically refugee process, you know, okay. you first apply, then you go there, uh, and then, you know, you live there, you do so many things, you do like medical testing, you do like hundreds of things. And then for a long time for us, for about a few years, they keep you in like an enclosed area because they protect you. Right. And when you're on asylum, you're also uh, in protection. So um, I'm not quite sure my parents did this. I was a little bit younger of why we ended right. up here. I'm sure we had family or it was part of the process, but that's where I you know, ended up by the time I was, by the time I was in like seventh grade, I lived in three countries, three schools all around the world. And it was interesting. Yeah, for sure. So when we talk about like your art and you look back to that time, are there elements of what you create now that you see from that time in your life that are connected? Absolutely. I think who I am as an artist is definitely because of my experience. It's mm -hmm. very limitless. So I use a lot of colors, a lot of shapes, um, numerology, quantum physics things from every culture um it sort of has like no limits it's part of everything i've experienced that kind of makes me be free hmm. so you educate me on numerology a little bit where did that come into your life and what does it mean to you um it started when i was very young just being attracted and obsessed to numbers Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I just kept seeing repeating numbers since being a child, since I can remember and being like obsessed with certain numbers. Then I started, you know, then repeating numbers. And every time I would see it, I would Google like what it means or I would look at it or I would ask around. Um, and then just kind of also going to, you know, that was kind of like part of it and I let it go. But I, when I became an adult and became like really educated and understand and research on Google, obviously all that is as an adult. Um, it was, it's just magical. I mean, the whole universe is based on numbers. So like the Nikola Tesla 369, mm -hmm. like every mathematical shape ends up being a nine. So like the 360 degrees, 90 degrees, 45 degrees, like when you add all of that, it equates to a nine. So the whole universe is revolving around the number nine. It's sort of like the magic. Nine's and always it, been my lucky number since I was a little oh, kid. Interesting. I love it. Quick break here for the giving block. In the past year, the number of nonprofits accepting cryptocurrency donations increased tenfold on the giving block. Since 2018, the Giving Block has been making it easy for nonprofits to modernize their fundraising by accepting crypto donations. Organizations of all sizes can sign up and get started in no time. Nonprofits are saying that crypto is the future of fundraising. 
Find out why at thegivingblock.com slash NFP. That's thegivingblock.com slash NFP. Hey, in cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at atomiczombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emerge, and evolve as they receive more attention online powered by the Koi Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. Yeah, you should look into it. There's a reason, you know, there's definitely a reason. Might be your life path number, might be, you know, just your Yeah, before magic. the show, I looked it up. My life path number is 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then slash three. I don't know a lot about what that means. Uh, yeah, so life paths are calculated. So 21, two plus mm-hmm. one is a three. So okay. technically, yeah, you're a three. So, okay, yeah, I yeah. see. Okay, Only so explain math. to me, what significance does that have in, in, in your thoughts? I'm curious. Um, let's see. I mean, for me, it's my life. I don't, it, it's everything. I think, um, you know, if you look at sort of astrology, if you look at, they're all interconnected and they're all mm-hmm. mathematic based. Like okay. even uh, like, I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, but the farmer's almanac, when you go really back in time of the way the farmers did, everything was all based on timing and numbers. Right. So ev- everything is revolving, even like uh, breeding animals. All of it is something to do with the magic of the numbers. Yeah. Um, and then when you look up what your number is, it's sort of like, make sense or sort of guides you like some numbers are there to teach some numbers are there to sort of you know experience certain things or give back or take or be masters um yeah (laughs) and i think it it can also just make you maybe more aware of what things going on in your life and um maybe prioritize and maybe think positively you know you talk about manifestation like three six nine you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, again, like three plus six plus nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three plus six is nine. Nine plus nine is 18. Eight, one and eight is a nine. So it always goes back to like the main, you know, magic of the nine and the universal. So, um, I mean, I don't know how to like express it. It's more of a feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe like thoughts create feelings, feelings create reality. Um, these are not obviously my words, but they're spiritual words, but I believe in everything is basically like on a quantum level and every anything you think about, you create, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. Obviously, there's things you think about, you don't think about that manifest that are negative or sad in your life but Mm -hmm. i think still on some level you are manifesting that maybe on a subconscious level for you to learn and grow Uh, but anytime i see anyone that i am attracted to that i think is an incredible soul as a human 
I see a lot of nothing but positivity. Like the most successful people are some of the most positive people, selfless, egoless givers. And I think that plays a huge part into why they're successful. They're like manifesting positivity. They're giving positivity. Therefore, they're receiving it back. Whether, you know, even money is an energy, right? So you Mm -hmm. give, you get. um, Yeah, I mean, money is essentially there's energy that's captured in a sense. Correct. Yeah. Um, let's talk NFTs. So talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of interesting, you know, when we were doing those, the, they were doing those interviews at the, the dream in LA and they asked yes. everybody the same question and like, yes, what yes. was your first NFT? And I was, I was sitting there in the background, you know, in silence. And I was like, okay, how many people are they going to ask this question? And I, they, just, they must have asked, I guess, 30 people this same question yeah Uh, but anyway it was kind of funny um what what got you to get into the i mean because you've you've like many people like you've been an artist for a long time and it's just nfts are recent like what got you into that space um been a digital artist in the corporate world obviously as i mentioned you know so i was in fashion and 90% of what I did is like design work that were transferred to textiles that Mm -hmm. then became obviously fabric. And, you know, we sold to companies like Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, Mall of Dubai, like all over the world. So I come from that world anyways, the digital for me is like second nature. And then I had a neighbor like maybe six, seven years ago that was a minor. The story is actually really funny because I kept seeing this guy just go in and out and I'm like this guy's like he's dealing something in here you know like I had like I was like I don't ever see anyone coming so he must be like going in and it was always like at night so I'm like he would like go in with this truck into the driveway or sometimes the back and I'm like he's going in he's like loading up drugs like, it's like a admit, crack house <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like this is that you know and it's like very suburban family area it's not something yep. so I was like something is going on and but he was like a super like I mean not that I ever judge but he didn't look like modern mafia or street right. concert, you know? <laughs> he was definitely he's like just this average nerd yeah yeah basically <laughs> uh and so finally like you know we i would just say hi and we build like sort of a relationship uh and then i was like i gotta ask like what the you know f are you doing here like i'm starting to get worried and so after building trust you know he took me in and it was this like whole house with nothing but mining equipment you know it was freezing in there and I was just like <laughs> blown away it's such a mixed emotion of I like these are not drugs or these like you know what the f is going on and just and then, racks of GPUs everywhere everywhere yeah ethereum mining right. um and it was just crazy and so like then I got into it got educated got in you know very early um and then at some point I was like, oh my God, that's it. Like, I think I put like a little bit of money, like under a thousand that turned into, I don't know, like 7,000. I was like, that's it. I'm a millionaire. Yeah. Like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Sold it all, you know, the typical story. And then, you know, went on a trip with my friends and all of that stuff. But that was sort of like my introduction into the Web3 space, the coin, the crypto, all of that stuff. And then just over the right. years, like 
even when I was in corporate, I still, you know, knew and understood and was like keeping up every single day, very excited. And then when I decided to do the full transition of my art was just at the same time of when Clubhouse was coming up. It just was all timing. Right. Um, just happened all at the same time. And I was like, I'm just going to stop and go in fully. Um, and that's how I kind of entered the space. That's awesome. Yeah. So at this point in time, of course, maybe we can talk current market conditions, you know, because of course there was this huge boom, you know, and it didn't matter what you made. It was like, boom, sold instantly. Do you know what I mean? Like this was happening for all of us, right? Yes. And uh, everybody and their dog was making NFTs. Everybody and their dog was buying NFTs, you know, and now we've seen kind of things shift, right? So we have like, okay, great. Yuga Labs is making a shit ton of money. Good for them. You know, um, but many of the uh, OG, you know, one-on-one artists are kind of sitting on the sidelines, right? Like, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, like having experience, let's say, like keeping up with crypto for many years and even stocks just being interested, like this is sort of how the whole thing works. <laughs> yep. So for, for me, I'm just like, it's a bear market. Uh, and this is the time for you to hustle, for you to buy, um, not be emotionally attached. And I think it's like a time where you can really see who's in it as an artist. Mm -hmm. Because um, I sort of called this out to my inner like friends community. I said, you know, like it's going to be interesting after a year, after two years. Not everyone's going to stick around, you know, like. You're still yep. going to have the rug projects. You're still going to have the PFP because those are like companies and labs sure. that are doing it. But when it comes to like the one-of-one -one artists, like some people are now going to give up and go get regular jobs. And some people are going to say, I'm going to live in my van and continue, you know? So yep. Yep. Um, that's my thought. I think like if anybody out there is a one-of-one -one artist, like don't give up. This is just a bear market keep going, expand your wings, get on more platforms, more coins. And I mean, you and I, uh, you know, like we've been friends on Twitter for a long time. I've been such a fan of your work. Like I'm not oh, that's so kidding. sweet like, for you to say that. So colorful, so bright. Like I feel the energy in your work. And every time like I would see it come up on Twitter, like I would just, I get so excited. It's like totally my oh, vibe. So nice. <laughs> It's true. And you definitely have your own niche, you know, like that's what I mm. love. And the rec your art is recognizable as your art. And so we recently connected, saw each other at NFTLA and decided, you know, to do a collab. And regardless, it's a bear market. And like we still did that and put it up on foundation. And whether it sells today or it sells in a little bit longer, I mean, if this was like months ago, probably would have sold immediately. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's just to keep going, continue and do the collabs and do the exciting start and going back to manifestation and be positive. You got to be positive, you know, because yep. if you start talking about the negativity of what's happening, like I feel like a lot of people are like down and they're, you know, like they're manifesting, not selling. Like, don't keep mm -hmm. saying I'm not selling, you know, say like. It is what it is. What am I going to do? Like, how am I going to sell? What am I going to do to be innovative, to change and maybe push that sale, you know? Mm -hmm. 
I think you make a really good point there because for me, it's it's always been about just enjoying the creation of it. And, you know, the fact that, you know, I was able to make money from it was like, that's incredible, you know, because I got into it just because of, I've like you, I've been into art since I was a little kid. So it's not like, you know, I was just doing this to cash in on something. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know, it was something that I enjoyed regardless. And with your work too, just, I just love how our work together meshed so nicely because you have just a, such a nice colorful energy to your work and just a, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's just a positivity to it that I feel when I look at your work. There's just a positive energy I feel and just a vibrancy. So I was I was super pleased to be able to create with you. So and the, the what you did with it was super cool too, compositionally, where you took what I'd drawn and and kind of meshed it with yours. And so that was very cool. If anybody's interested, you can check it out on Foundation. It's a it's actually a really cool piece. I was very happy to work with you. Yeah, you know what I love the most is I took your signature and put it as like an eyebrow tattoo. Yeah. Did you see? Yeah. yeah, that's like the I did, coolest yes. one. Like made <laughs> him cool. into like a little gangster, like right. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm really I'm really gangster. Yeah. Yes, yes. I got that vibe when I met you and I was like, we gotta make him into like a street, you know, motto. <laughs> Basically, yeah. As far yeah. away from what the type of person I am as can be, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of ironic, but no, I, yeah. I like it. It's good. It's it's very cool. Yeah, that was pretty wild. You know, those parties, the the one that impressed me the most was the the Sheets Goldstein mansion where I I wasn't actually aware of the status of this place when we were, we're like, yeah, we're going to a party. And we're like, okay, you know, I didn't know anything about, about it, right? So then you show up at this place and, and I looked into it. I'm like, this is a hundred million dollar property. Like it was insane. It had the Hollywood red carpet out front and you actually were there with uh, James Goldstein. I saw a shot of you there. That was what <laughs> would have been cool. Yeah. And the, the section of the house we were at is not even yeah. the house. No. That, no, no. It's like the extension only built for parties. Right. So, yeah, incredible experience. I mean, he's an L.A. legend. He's at every Laker game, you know. Yep. He's, he's had, no, like, notorious party, like, at parties. Like, every celebrity in L.A. Um, has had their birthday there, has had, like, a, I mean, I'm from yep. L.A. I grew up in L.A., so these things are so. So you were like, familiar with it, yeah yeah of course yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I, I met a ton of cool people there too like even on the bus because of course for people listening you couldn't just drive up to this place like they literally had to bus people up there because the roads couldn't handle that amount of party goers and it's a regular thing i'm sure right so yes yeah. you know you hop on this bus and it's just packed with artists that are all and it was just like what a great conversation just on the way up to the party and on the way back down too yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was it was fun. Let, let's talk about like, what are you working on right now in your art? Are you are you doing a lot of stuff with NFTs as of this point? Or are you more focused on your physical work right now? Or what's going on? Um, for me, it's always been 50 50. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm a full time artist, 50% of my time is dedicated to my physical work, and my merchandise. So I have a whole, you know, like clothing, a hat collection that is based on the C1P character. And so mm -hmm. I sell the merchandise on my website. Um, I have it in like certain little like local boutiques and just kind of do that portion of it. I have like a, you know, 10 years of like 
collectors build over the past 10 years on my physical work that I still, you know, communicate with and, you know, sell prints and physical work to. And then 50% is dedicated to, you know, the digital space, which is like keeping up with all the platforms, projects. Um, so I'm on, a, uh, I work on a few projects. Uh, I do my daily art um, and yeah, just like lots of things coming. Yeah, of course. It's just like nonstop every day, all day. Yeah. Anything in particular you want to kind of hint at that you're working on that people can get get excited about? Um, I'm doing this like awesome collaborative with a platform uh, that's going to be tied physically to my merchandise. That's very mm. exciting. Um, there's going to have it's going to have like a lot of uh, technical elements that me myself as a one-on-one -on -one artist is difficult to like achieve. So partnering up with someone that's gonna sort of help me on that process is exciting. And then last month uh, at NFTLA did my first ever collab with Raw Rolling Paper. So I'm right. their uh, first NFT artist to collab with, with them and kind of uh, exciting. So still rolling those, we're still minting them. There's only, 333 available and we're doing like a slow roll um i think uh, i was gonna say if you could see one in the background but i'm not sitting there so we also have physical and then the long-term goal with that project is we're in talks to have an exclusive event for the holders so it's going to be zihovac holders and raw holders and so working on that project as well and see what else is out there i mean what i love is collaboration with brands mm -hmm. that's kind mm -hmm. of what i come from you know that branding background and you know working with companies like uh you know i did a huge collab with care bears uh when i had the apparel company i was part of their when they got bought out by Clapco entertainment uh we did like a whole collection with them so i worked directly with their creative director so we worked one-on-one -on -one and did that and you know for me as like you know grew up loving them was a dream come true so to be able to kind of recreate that experience with raw uh, and continue doing that is for me a dream because i love working with existing established brands and bringing my creativity but also like mm -hmm. learning from their teams and their structure and you know like i think where I am as an artist is a huge contribution to my strict mother <laughs> and also working a bit in corporate kind of right. gave me that structure or else like if you just let me be, I would have been all over like or probably directionless. Selling. Yeah. Yeah. Direction on the street selling art. Cause like <laughs> that's what I want to do, but you gotta kind of have that other side in order to succeed. So I love like challenging. My dream is to do like a collab with like Puma, Nike. Like I'm a sneaker head. That's who I am. So like I, that's like what I manifest every day is like to do a collab with a shoe company is like. That would be very cool. Your I'll art be would done. be so perfectly suited to that. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it happening. Yeah. Maybe as this episode goes out and people hear it, maybe that'll help in that manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It's, it, it does seem like it, it would be a good match for sure. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. saying that. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.
Absolutely. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time here to talk with me. And it was nice to actually have a conversation with you without all the noise of, you know, NFTLA surrounding us. So Definitely. I appreciate you taking time. And um, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm truly honored to be on here as well. You giving me your time. So this is exciting. And I hope uh, gave some value to anyone listening. And, you know, 100%. Absolutely. Gave value to me at the least. So, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, just like most NFT artists, like, um, and amazing artists, like, I'm open to anyone reaching out if I can help in any way i help a lot of women on board as well so if anybody mm -hmm. needs help um any amazing companies want to collab <laughs> uh yeah always available like i'm always available for like collab excited and excited to kind of see where i go as an artist where you go where this podcast goes and kind of excited to be part of like the beginning and the birth of this industry Mm -hmm. absolutely okay well again thank you very much and i hope you have a great day you too awesome right rock on. and roll take care thanks again for listening to the non-fungible podcast see you again soon